it going? Good. How are you, Ange? Good. So last week we talked about saving money in your 401k. And this week I want to talk about how much you should target for at every age. So like when you're 30, how much should you have in your 401k? Because that's like the million dollar question, right? Is like, am I on track for retirement? All right. So this is just planning for retirement to make sure that I have enough money by the time I retire to live off of until, you know, for the rest of my life. Yep. So if I'm on track to get there, what do I need? All right. Yeah. This will be interesting. So, but before we go any further, are you ready for the trivia question? Ah, yeah, sure. It'll be great. How many people in America have 0% saved for retirement? Uh, 30%. 50 I should have went with 40. That was my gut feel in the first place. 50% like of fool. people have $0 saved for retirement. So, hope you're listening because we're going to get ready to rock and tell you <laughs> how much you should have. Um, so, Brett, you had a very important birthday last year. I did. I hit my 30 milestone. Yeah. yeah. So, do you know how much you should have in your 401k? Uh, I think you're going to tell me something like uh, four times what I make or something like that. <laughs> One times your salary. Okay, so that's just the regular checkbox, uh, basically starting the starting the race there. Starting the race. So, you know, a lot of people, and it, so yeah, you know, if you go to med school, like, sorry guys, you're going to have to play catch up because you're not even done um, <laughs> at the age of 30, right? Like they're still going to school. But yeah. for most, you know, most people who got a bachelor's, you're out of school when you're like 21, 22. So you've had like eight ish years of full-time work to get that one-time salary saved so all right so then you go to 40 right so how much do you think you need at 40 uh two times my normal salary three times oh okay so we're we're adding and multiplying together. yeah all right so the benefit here is you already have like one time saved at 30 so that will essentially double in 10 years that's the standard rule, right? If you earn around 7%, which is the historic average, your money doubles every 10 years. Mm-hmm. So really, you only have to come up with another one times in contributions because compound interest does half the work for you. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Um, and another thing to note here, though, is if you start making more money and you spend more money, that mean you still have to save more money to hit these targets. So... You know, that's that's other kind of bummer. If you got a lot of raises from 30 to 40 and you've inflated your lifestyle to retire the way that you currently live, you had to also really inflate your savings. And I think that's where a lot of people can start falling off the wagon. So does this mean that I'm basically putting in the same amount in between those years? Like if, if my contributions remain consistent or if my contributions remain a percentage of my salary, which will increase over time? Yeah, so this is if your contributions remain a constant percentage. But these are also just targets. So, you know, some people might be contributing more because the market's been in a down period, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like good times to do a little check-in and see where you're at and see if you should up your contributions. So in order to stay on track with these numbers, though, and and hit them, I want to I want to make sure that I'm contributing a certain percentage every year. Correct. And if I do that, then I'm pretty much going to be in the ballpark. But if I'm only contributing like, you know, $5,000 a year, I'm not going to hit it, right? I'm not even going to... Eventually, I'll be weaning myself off. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times to hit these numbers, they recommend about 10% 
that you okay. put 10% in. So that is quite a bit higher than most company matches. Right. A lot of people that we talk to don't even match their company's mm-hmm. contribution limit, which is like somewhere between 3 and like 6%. Sometimes sometimes it's a little higher than that. But um, yeah, so if they need to be at 10% just to be able to be there for retirement, uh, they have some catching up to do. Yeah. And, you know, if you if you do 6% and your company does 6%, that's actually pretty good. Um and you're you're over ten percent. You know, I, I think usually the advice is like you do ten, the company does three, so you're at thirteen. But if you do six and they do six and you're at twelve, you're pretty close. Okay. So you might be okay with that. But it just it really kind of depends. Um, all right. So fast forward to age fifty. How much how much do you think you need at that age? Uh, so I need, I had three in the bank and then I added another one, right? And so yep. I mean maybe I'm close to seven now. Five. Only five? What happened to my money compound interest over 10 years? It didn't double? Well, it could. Um, This is just the guidance of like, you know, where should you be at? So the good news here is even if you miss your goal of three times at 40, there's time to make up the slack, right? Okay. Um, So, you know, this is just, these are, again, these are just targets for people to hit. And it kind of goes to show that even if you're not on track when you're 40, you can you can catch up. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Good news. All right. What about 60? All right. Since I've clearly proven that I don't know what I'm talking about, uh, we'll just go with uh, 10. Eight. Not even close. All Eight right, times. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. This, you know, you're going to just be wildly oversaved, which is great because you're going to have a good retirement. That is my, my mantra. Yeah. All right. So now 67 which is retirement age. Did you know that? They've updated the official age of retirement from like 65 to 67 is the average now. 67, all right. That's the average? I thought a lot of people were working uh, Oh, a lot of people are working later, but 67 is like the new norm. It used to be 65. Okay. So, anyways, kind of fun. Keep people working longer and paying taxes, uh, you know, even longer. Yeah. Um, All right, so we needed eight, so let's keep it a round number of... Ten. Ten. Yeah, right. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, one, one out of ten or whatever. So yeah, by the time you get to retirement, they say that you should have ten times your salary saved up to okay. retire. So there you go. Um, but so the, then the other question that I get is, what if I want to retire before I'm sixty-seven? Which is my question, right? I don't know that I want to work until I'm sixty-seven. Right. Who? Yeah, everybody wants early retirement, right? That's the that's the dream. Yeah. So then instead of looking at your salary, you start focusing on your expenses. Now, this is great for a couple of reasons, because we've started focusing on our our expenses more over the past few years. And it's amazing how you can keep shrinking your annual expense number when that's what you're basing your retirement off of. (laughs) (laughs) Strong motivation. Yeah. Um, so what they say here is if you have 25 times your annual expenses, you can retire at any age. Okay. So this moves more into a group that we call FIRE, which is Financially Independent Retire Early. And it's a little bit more extreme, but it, I, you know, the numbers are actually still pretty conservative because saying that you need 25 times your expenses is assuming a 4% safe withdrawal rate. And if you keep, you know, your investments growing, the historic average, you know, actually excluding inflation is 7%. So it's really closer to 10%. And so you're just taking 4% out every year. 
which means that it's still growing most years. And then when you have dips, you know, you just kind of rein in a little bit. And But anyways, 25 times your expenses. So I have a big lump sum of money. I'm only going to take out 4% a year from that. And the rest of it is just going to be growing. So yep. that gives me way more than those 25 years worth. Right? Yep. Cool. Exactly. And, and the idea is actually that it would last, I think they say, 100 years or something with a... 75% probability. Hmm. So, with all the without weird expenses popping up and obviously as you get later in life, uh, your expenses tend to increase. So. Right. Um but you know the beauty of that is if you are living on a lot less then you do get things like, you know, Medicare in your older age and mm-hmm. things like that are covered for you. So, um you know, it's working for a lot of people. I'm part of different communities online that talk about this early retire you know ultra early retirement and there's a lot of cool bloggers out there doing it and you know so far it seems to be working and the other thing is when people are retiring in their you know 30s 40s or 50s you know before their 60s they don't it's not the traditional source sort of retirement where they're like out golfing every day because well one they can't afford that because that's expensive <laughs> um and two they are still looking for something to occupy their time because anybody, I think, would go crazy just sitting there all week, every week. So a lot of people end up still producing some income, but it might be like part-time work or it might be, you know, building something that they enjoy doing. So it's kind of redefining retirement. It's a cool community to kind of explore and be a part of. Right. It's it's unrealistic for, yeah, if you retire when you're 30 for the next 25 to 35 years that you're not going to do anything of value to anybody else, right, that they would pay you for or... Yeah, making things that are interesting, doing woodworking as a hobby, turning hobbies into businesses, uh, helping out and volunteering at other places that just kind of turn into jobs, all kinds of fun stuff. Or, you know, like I even think about my first job working at Mancino's and like you would love to work at a place like that and get some free food. Oh my God, free food all the time and somebody (laughs) might pay me to work there also. That'd be great. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to talk about one other set of numbers. So... You know, a lot of people kind of get this idea of if I had a million dollars, I could retire, right? That's like the lump sum that if I had a million dollars going into retirement, like I'd be set, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a... That's, it's, that's always been the goalpost for even my parents' generation, right? It was just like, okay, once I'm a millionaire, then, you know, I'm good. Yeah. But that's not the case anymore, I don't think, right? Well, you know, for a lot of people, it is still good. If you, If we're going back to our original metrics here... At age 67, if you have 10 times your salary, you're good to retire. Well, that would be assuming, you know, if you have a million dollars, that would be assuming you had a $100,000 salary, mm-hmm. which is a million. So, and that's a pretty high salary. You know, if you were making $50,000 a year, which is the median in this country, then you'd have $500,000 nest egg. So, um, I'm going to chat up a little bit about getting to that million dollars by the time you're 63. Because I think for most people, that will provide a very good retirement. Now, if you have a million dollars that you're retiring on, you know, and you're trying to be part of this FIRE community, that could be get a little harder if you're really, truly never going to work again. Because if you had your appendix burst, for example, like there goes a good chunk of your nest egg, right? Right. Um, but I think, you know, if, by the time you're 63, if you have a million dollars, you're in really good shape. So 
we're just going to walk through the same, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, and 60 ages, and I'm going to tell you how much you have to save each month to hit a million dollars by the time you're 63. Per month, okay. All right, so... We'll have you guess again, because that's it. fun. So when you're 20, how much do you think you have to contribute every month until you're 63, and you're investing in an interest-bearing account, like, you know, your 401k? Yep. So, 10%. Let's start with what we were at. This is a dollar amount. Oh, dollar amount. Oh, yeah, per month, right? That's right. Um, per month, like, $500. $305. Oh, okay. Three hundred and five dollars. Three hundred and five dollars. Very specific. Um, how many? How many pennies in there? And <laughs> seventeen cents. Um, but I actually think this is like really cool because even when I was like just out of college, you know, not I was trying to pay off debt and all of this, I still I think with my four hundred one k match was able to get there with my company match. So that's pretty cool. Um, and pretty like. Nice to know. Like, I'm on track, right? It's kind oh, of yeah. fun. Um, all right. Well, you're 30. So what if you start now? How much do you think you need to do now? Uh, let's say twice that? No. Can't be that much. So 600. 647. Ah, close. All right. Yeah, pretty close. So what about age 40? Um, 1,000. $1,465. Whoa. So now we're getting into, like, oof territory, right? Like, if you start in your 20s or 30s, it's like, okay, like, that's a lot of money, but I could probably figure out how to make this work with my company match and all of that jazz. But, like, $1,465, like, that's more than a mortgage payment in certain parts of the country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of parts of the country. <laughs> um, all right, so what about age 50? Uh, I mean... So you have 13 years. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, like 10,000 or 20,000, 25,000. Nope. So 3,947. 3,000. What did I say? 20, I meant 2,500. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> um, but yeah, so almost $4,000, which like, that's a mortgage in even nice parts of the country. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so that's like, it gets really hard, right? If you... The longer you wait, the harder this is. So what if you decide you're going to start saving when you're age 60 and you have three years to do this? Uh, you're out of luck. Well, I mean, do you have uh, a guess? 60,000? 25,000. Okay. So Cause that's 36 months, or what, five years remaining before you retire, basically, at that point? Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyways, this kind of just is a really good lesson in compound interest, right? Start early. Um, and if you're listening and you're 50, it's okay. Just start right now. Like literally go right now and up your contribution to your 401k because every penny counts. So, um, all right. So I just wanted to close this episode with talking about how much people should be saving in their retirement. So as somebody who just kind of saved a lot like what did what percentage of income did you feel like you should save when you got your first job 12 percent. 12 percent with the company match or that was just my yeah no that's what i put in that's what you plus put in. i got a company match on top of that awesome that's really good because that's right where you should be um so i recommend that in total people do 13 to 20 percent of their income but that includes the match so 
Uh, you know, I, that 13% is the number I quoted earlier of if you put in 13%, you'll hit, you know, you'll, you have a very good chance of hitting all of these targets that we've laid out in this episode. So, you know, I, I, that's like the sweet spot. So it's great because if your company offers a 6% match, you can start, you know, go ahead and start with where you feel comfortable, start with the 6%, but then, you know, kind of like cut some expenses and ratchet up at 1%. It's kind of like getting your braces tightened, you know, <laughs> like you do it one step at a time. And before you know it, you can be at 12. Um, so that's one school of thought, though. The other one is when you're just starting out and you're suddenly getting all this money from this company that's paying you like real, real money for the first time, paying more into your 401k right off the bat so you don't have that money ever hit your checking account is really powerful. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great point. So that's actually what I did when I started working. I just started with 10% of my income before I even got my first paycheck, which was actually, it's funny, I grew up with a dad as a financial advisor, and I'm sure he totally approved of that advice, but it was actually advice I got from my high school math teacher. (laughs) So thanks, Mr. A. Um, But yeah, so I just did 10% of my income, and then I got a 6% match. So um, the range that I say to be in is 13 to 20% total of your income should be going into a 401k. Um, and obviously, if you want to do more than that, great. You know, go crazy up to 18500 a year. Um, you know, I think if you can max it out, that's like a wonderful thing to do. But it is also not realistic for the average Joe. Right. Well, it, I mean, if you're 60, then you're totally out of luck because you can't even contribute that $25,000 a year into your 401 That was a month, too. Or a month. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. That'll do it. You're totally out of <laughs> luck. Um, they do have catch-up amounts i think starting at age 55 you can do an extra five grand a year i believe oh yeah once you're in yeah which is nice but yeah you still won't get there so sorry about your luck um but yeah no i totally agree with the advice you gave too um but i think you know most of our target listeners are a little bit older and probably already established Mm -hmm. so if you are already established and it's kind of scary to think about going from zero to you know 10 because that's kind of a big chunk Um, you know, just start 1% at a time. And the really nice thing is if you do a traditional, uh, traditional 401k, you don't, it's not like your paycheck will be 10% less because that's pre, it take, it's taken out pre-tax. Right. So then your tax, taxes drop too. And really, you know, if you do a 10%, you might only see a 7% change in your take-home pay. Mm -hmm. Which is awesome. Um, and I, I really do recommend getting as much in there as you can my final advice on the matter yep Uh, and i mean that's your long-term money you're planning for long-term uh savings and investment and retirement and uh you know that's important money later on and leave it oh yeah don't take it out oh yeah i guess yeah the the unwritten rule of don't take money out of your 401k right well really like any investment you have if you unless like have a plan of when you're going to take it out but don't take it out before that unless you really need it but like when i say need i mean not want like oh i but i need this lake house right like (laughs) (laughs) um i you know i've actually heard of people recently taking out money from their 401k to remodel their home and these they were actually in their 50s um some of my you know friends parents and i'm like what like no (laughs) why are you doing that um 
So leave it, leave it at any age. Um, don't, don't take it out. Even if you have, you know, a mutual fund that y- your plan is to retire when you're 50 and start drawing out of your mutual fund, like out of sight, out of mind, you know? And, and that's another big thing. I think to remind people really quick, the market's been kind of crashing and burning a little bit lately, um, which is great if for all of us that are still buying because basically we're getting sales. Um, but it can be hard to like check your 401k balance and be like, well, it's down 10%, right? Um, then don't look at it. Like if you're going to do something impulsive, like try to pull it out or move it all to, you know, a safety net within your 401k vehicle, don't look at it because if you're young and you have time to recover, if you have three to five years before you need that money, then one of the best things you can do is let it ride. You already missed your chance to take it out when the market was up. So now just let it ride. That's right. And, you know, a lot of people didn't do that before. They waited till the market crashed. They pulled all their money out and took huge losses. And what did they get for that? Nothing. Because they were still working for years after that. So all they did was take a loss and then they probably waited till the money market was going back up again to put it back in. And, right, maybe they waited till it was up again to put it back in. So they bought high. Mm-hmm. So they just lost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, right? And all the interest while the money wasn't in the market. Yeah. So if you if you yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna bridge that gap anyway and you have no plans to take out that money in the next several years, it does not matter what happens to the market tomorrow. No. Nope. So don't even look at it. It's gonna ebb and flow, but at the end of the day, like it's gone up historically and unless you know, I always say like sure it could drop to zero, but like then we're all kind of in a doomsday scenario anyways. So who cares? (laughs) Right. It's not going to matter that you have money in that scenario still because everybody's going to be pillaging your house because nobody else has any money. Nobody's going to even care. Like, it's not even going to be like cash is king. It's going to be like robbing people is king. (laughs) (laughs) Bartering is king. Like, I have sticks. Whoever has water. uh, Water, fire, Right? Mm-hmm. So. All those prepper guys, uh, the ones that are burying houses out in the hills somewhere, those are guys. That's true. They're going to be on top. <laughs> well, on that lovely note, uh, that concludes <laughs> our episode. <laughs> so, um, if you, as always, if you have any questions, go ahead and, you know, reach out to me via email or leave a comment on our website, and I will drop all of that information in. Um, and thanks for tuning in, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Money in the Bank. Make sure to subscribe to us on the iTunes or Stitcher app so that you get weekly alerts every time we post a podcast. Or if you want, you can visit my website, moneyinthebankpodcast.com. And if you want to reach out with any questions or further comments, please email me at angie at moneyinthebankpodcast.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Money in the Bank.